0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights,
1: analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the
2: Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins Wilkins. on On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Oilers
1: unable to hold the lead. And then again, unable to hold the lead. And then a third time. Unable to hold the lead, and it winds up in a loss. 5-3 to the New York Rangers. Rick Nash getting the winner late at eighteen thirty-nine of the third. They added an empty netter after that, and the Oilers now winless in their last three, 0-2-1 and 7-3-1 on the season. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 8-0-4. We're in the Terry Pranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. I'm Reed Wilkins along with Rob Brown. Well, Rob, you and Bob were talking about how if you can keep a team behind, you might be able to start up a little bit of momentum or make them feel discouraged. The Oilers were up one nothing, 2-1 and 3-2. The leads tonight lasted, I want to look back at the summary, lasted a minute 58 the first time then 5.18, and then only 42 seconds in the third period.
2: It it affects you. If you're a team that is down and you're constantly looking up at the scoreboard and you're losing and the clock is continually going down, you you start to get discouraged, you start to get frustrated. Uh, Little plays that normally wouldn't bother you bother you more because you're not getting that break that you need. But if you get scored against, and right away you come back out there, you get momentum back on, you score the goal to tie it up. It eventually discouraged the team that's winning. They we they're like, hey, we got a lead, you're all feeling good about yourself. Bang, puck's in your net. And the thing that was uh, tough for the Oilers tonight, self-inflicted wounds. You know, the the Rangers are a good team. They they don't need any extra help to score goals. But the Oilers have the puck on their stick, turnover in their net. Have the puck on their stick, don't get it out in their net and those are tough ones to recover from. So it was a frustrating game in that way. I mean, there's positives. They played the New York Rangers in New York, played them well, probably should have got at least a point, possibly two, but frustrating because they came away with nothing, and they three times held leads, including one fairly late in the game. Yeah, that's a
1: tough one, and we want to hear from you. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630 630 The Rangers win it. The Oilers do get... Three, they've had a little bit of trouble scoring the last two games, but not enough to take us to the Japanese Village goal light. They have to score five or more for us to turn that on on the Oilers page or six, at 630 com, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side and north side. I mean, I thought, you know, I, I always, I often watch that area just inside the blue line, Rob. There was a play right in the first minute of the game when the Oilers wind up, they wound up getting hemmed in and taking a penalty. Adam Larson got a high-sticking penalty. Benoit Pouliot was not pressured right inside his own blue line, didn't take the, didn't get the puck out. Now the Oilers killed that off. Some other instances tonight I, I, on the tying goal, Mark Latestu, who won the faceoff to set up the Adam Larson's go-ahead goal, his first as an Oiler, by the way. He tries to chip it out at the blue line, doesn't get, get it past the, the Ranger defenseman, and then, and then bang, that one leads to the foss tying goal.
2: Well, coaches, they stress it all the time. I don't know how many times my, I, I've been in dressing rooms or on the bench and heard the coaches yelling in and out at the lines, in and out of the lines. It's, if you think about it, you've got a, a four-foot area where if you're four feet from the blue line, if you get that puck out... That means the entire other team has to leave the zone. They got a delay. There's no way they can get scored on. But if you only get it three feet instead of four, now you're hemmed in your own zone and you're, you're getting chances scored against you. So it's, it's so important. It's, it's like getting the puck in at a blue line. Now you're forcing guys to go back and retreat and not and turning it over. So the Oilers did not do a good job today at that. They, they, they mismanaged the puck. They, they turned the puck over. And there's a, a glaring example, and I know that... For those that were not listening to the radio watching on TV, uh, you know, the announcers talked about the fact that uh, Sekra has the puck on his stick. Nobody nobody even close to him and from about just inside the top of his circle he fires the puck out of the zone right on a ranger stick who has full speed now both defensemen are at the tops of the circle so that ranger got to skate 25 35 feet and just blasted a puck on Talbot. Just unforced errors. I mean if you go to another sport tennis they track unforced errors the team or the, the tennis player that has the most unforced errors usually loses a game and I think that's uh, indicative of what happened tonight because the Oilers. Oilers. I think, had way more enforced errors than the New York Rangers. 5-3,
1: the Rangers win it. They also outshoot the Oilers 31-24 in this game, including 10-5 in the decisive third period. They scored the final three goals of the game. All right, Ryan is on the phone line. Ryan, thanks a lot for calling.
3: Hi there, how are you today?
1: We're doing great. Thanks for calling.
3: Question for you. Um, First of all, I'd like to say that... uh, I'm really impressed with the Oilers this year. Um, every game they've played, even the Ottawa game, they have been in the game, and the Ottawa game, no matter what happened in Ottawa, they couldn't have won that, or that, that Ottawa game, they couldn't have won that game. Just uh, luck wasn't for them. They really could be 9-0-1. They could be Montreal's record this, this season. My concern is, no matter how well players are playing, and I'm going to use Matt Benning as an example, he did not play a bad game tonight. But all game they played him 12 minutes. Why would they put him on for the last minute and a half? I know Clefbaum and Larson had a tough game, but you traded Taylor Hall for Larson. You live and die with the sword. I just want to hear your 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 comments.
2: Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Good question. Good point. I mean, Benning uh, Benning did play 14 minutes tonight. He played a little more than you thought. Uh, I do not recall if Larson and Clefbaum were on just before. I don't know who. Benning and Nurse took off the ice uh, and if, if one group came off and if they put Oscar and, and Larson on there, would they have put them on later in the game? I, I don't know for the fatigue factor. Larson and Clefbaum did not have a strong game and sometimes you have to send a message whether he's your star player or not if, if Connor McDavid is having a horrific game you, know, you, you, you don't play him in every situation because other guys are playing better Nurse and Benning were fine up until that point um, I, I know that there's going to be fans that are going to think the other I mean that's what these guys were brought in to do and they should be out there uh, I'm going to go with Todd McClellan's judgment on that this pairing played well they deserve a chance and also you and, and I know that uh, a game eventually was lost and I don't think it was lost on that pairing being out there but you've got to find out what players can do in certain situations you can't not play players simply because the situation is bigger than that you think they are because you got to find out if they are is darnell nurse ever going to become a player that can play the last minute of important hockey games you won't find out that until he's put in that position
1: you know i i think ryan makes a, brings up a good topic though here with with coaching dis- decisions and there's a couple i want to bring up before mm-hmm. we go back to the phone lines rob uh, i thought that that was Uh, 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 Quite frankly, a foolish challenge by Todd McClellan on the disallowed, disallowed goal. That to me that was I mean I, I even went and looked it up and I said hey Rob I'll read you this paragraph out of the rule book and you said please don't because you're gonna put me to sleep but I did anyway but I read but I don't know I read the paragraph yeah. out of the NHL it, like it's textbook goalie interference I know Everly didn't charge in there and knock him down but he impeded Lundquist's ability to make the safe. textbook goalie interference I don't know why you challenge that
2: well you and I both talked about it, it when they, when it was called well I mean that's pretty obvious and then you, you go well is he challenging. And we're we're both dumbfounded because to me, there are times when it you're like, can it go one way or the other? This one, there was absolutely no chance. And you saw the referee took three seconds. Right. He looked. Yeah. No, that's what I saw. Sorry, that's not going to happen. And the loss. I mean, the loss of a timeout doesn't seem like much until you need a timeout late in a hockey game, which the Oilers did, and they had, I believe, and you're probably going to bring it up, the wrong centerman take the face yep. off.
1: That was my next thing. So you don't have that timeout. Uh, now, what did Nugent Hopkins wind up at tonight? Uh, you know, slightly below average game, 44%, but he loses the draw with the goalie out. Where it was, that's off in Letestu's spot on the ice. He had won a, 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 a faceoff from there earlier. Now, fair enough, Letestu's a, a fourth-line center. Uh I mean, could have... Now, Leon didn't have a great night either, 4 for 10. But, I mean, I would favor Latestu or Leon in the dot in that situation over Nugent Hopkins.
2: Even Connor McDavid. In all honesty, in that situation, Nugent Hopkins would be my last choice. He Of all the sentiment that the Oilers have, he is by far the weakest in winning faceoffs. Um, now, again, uh, Letestu, he was he was just out before that, I believe, because he was on for the goal against. Was he not? On the the, the the winning goal, the game. Was he on for the
1: Nash goal? No, he wasn't on for the Nash goal. Okay, well, there goal. you go. Now
2: it was, was McDavid's line.
1: With oh, you're right. Lich, so, yeah, right? you're absolutely yeah, Lich right. Lich
2: so so Latestu would have been rested. And I know that there's been times in the past we've, we've seen guys take face offs on the power play. And we're like, okay, you know what? You probably could live with a Nugent Hopkins taking the draw in the middle of a second period. You don't need a to or a Lander out there. But when, you are, when your net is empty, if you don't win the face off, there's a good chance the game is over because if they don't score, they're at least icing the puck, and now you've lost 15, 20 seconds, and you got to get access to the offensive end again. To me, Latestu takes the faceoff. That's his side. He was 56% on in the dot today. That's his strength right there. Is winning faceoffs, and Nugent Hopkins lost it clean, and to me. That was another thing when when Benning and Nurse were out there, I did say to you, I go, hey, they got the third pairing defensive group yeah. on the ice late in hockey, and I guess they got trust. And the first thing I said to you when the faceoff, I said I would not be having Nugent Hopkins take that draw.
1: Yeah, for, for me, if, you, if for me, if you come to the coaching decisions, I actually, to me, the Benning and Nurse is further down on the yeah, list of criticism. And to me, the challenge and who's taking the draw are, are were more critical. Though I know you know if you lead to the if it leads to the winning goal, that's that's going to be a big talking point too. Five three. The Rangers win it. This does mean Booster Juice will donate $75 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation because they give 25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score. Booster Juice is an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 780-496-0063. We say hello to Joanne. Hi, Joanne.
4: Hi there. How are you
2: tonight? Very good, thank you.
0: I'm, I'm just thinking. Um, I know a year or two ago or whatever... It, it always seemed like the Oilers let the other team dictate how the game was going to
4: go.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. You're right.
4: And are they doing it again?
2: Um, I, I, I don't think as, as like before. I mean, this is still an Oiler team that's 7-3-1 and on the season. The same Oilers that have been in the bottom five for a decade. So th- this is a much better team that are playing much better. The games they lose, they're competitive in. Um, it, it's there are mistakes still in their their, their game. There's still uh, warts, but I I think sometimes you get too excited about a huge start to the season, a 7-1-1 or whatever the Oilers were to start the year. You get excited and you start thinking of the promised land before you take a step back and realize, well, I mean this is a this is an Oilers team that they were a lottery pick team last year. So this is a team that still, you know, there were a couple changes, but two or three changes going to change a team that came in 28th or whatever to a team that's going to compete with the best in the league. So I, I, I think that you... We just got to sit back, not get too excited about their start, but also let's not get too down on them when they have a little bit of a stretch that they're having right now. Because even in this stretch where they're not playing well, they still should have beat Ottawa. They were the better team. They still got a point in Toronto and probably could have won that game. And tonight with three minutes to go or two minutes to go in the game, it was a tie game going into overtime in a good New York uh, Rangers uh, arena so this is a team that still has growing pains they're better than they were but I still think that maybe the expectations were a little too lofty from from everybody
1: and I think Joanna at times and I know Bob and Jack kind of di- divided it up half and half into the into each period I don't, for me maybe it wasn't quite that simple but absolutely tonight the Rangers dictated now We've been basing a lot of our evaluation of the opponents on last year's standings. I think we're moving past that a little bit now that we're seeing how teams are playing. This is the best to me. This is the best team the Oilers have played. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Blues team they beat, though, still good was as good as last year's Blues team. But Washington will. I mean, Washington was first overall last year, so it's going to be hard for them to get 120 points again. But this was the best team the Rangers played, and when they played how they want to play. With long passes, speed, and fast attacks in straight, straight lines. Yes, the Oilers had trouble with that. Well, they also beat uh, St. Louis 5 0 and Tampa Bay 6 1. So clearly, uh, the Rangers are dictating against a lot of teams right now. So the Oilers have to learn how to contend with it a little better. And then, not like we referenced off the top, if sometimes good teams are like, they're going to be goals. Mm hmm. But you want the goals against to be, we made the other team earn it, not we handed them an opportunity 40 feet from our own net. Yeah, that and was the big problem tonight.
2: And, and both teams did. I mean, the New York Rangers may make mistakes too. I mean, the first period they passed right to Lander on a shorthanded situation. So it does sometimes you just watch your own team and find their mistakes more so than the other teams. New York is a good hockey club. And the, the Edmonton Oilers played well against them tonight. They They took them to the last two minutes of the game. Is it disappointing? Yes. But this is still, uh, I think you've got to take some positives out of that. And the Oilers, I know their dressing room are going to try to because they got a big weekend right now against two more teams, two more, you know, b- average off teams. Yeah. From last year yeah. again,
1: going off yeah. last
2: year. So they, they can't wallow in self pity right now. They've got to get back on because we've seen in the past. When the other teams have struggled, uh, a one- or two-game losing streak has turned into seven out of eight, nine out of ten, and they cannot afford that.
1: Well, I, I I looked up that stat earlier in the season. Last year, the Oilers had three winning streaks of three games or longer. They had 11 winless streaks, so sometimes there might be an overtime loss in there of three games or longer. So right now, it's one each. The winning streak was five and right now the winless streak is at three. You've got to try to stop it at three. We got Dan on the line who's also going to finish the play with us. Hey, Dan. Hey,
0: how you doing, guys? Doing very well. Uh, good game tonight uh, up until the last couple of minutes there. I was just, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that we're, especially in the last couple of games, we're getting out, out-coached a little bit. Um, you know, I saw McClellan in the Toronto game, He's blowing up the lines in the first period and playing games with Babcock, and I didn't think we needed to do that. I thought we had the better team. We didn't. He, he's overthinking it. I think.
2: Well, it's funny. We got a number of phone calls from from fans saying that he didn't blow up the lines quick enough. We had a number of people are thinking that they sh- the lines should have been changed. That Everly should be moved. That they should have a dry side of playing wing. That McDavid's got to find different line mates. And the Euler team hasn't been scoring as of late. So that's why he did it. Um, I mean, they, they outplayed the Maple Leafs. Sometimes the puck doesn't go in. Tonight, There, uh, there's always going to be we coaches' We talked mistakes. about coaching yes. decisions
1: you can question tonight for sure.
2: I mean, you look at the last night in the World Series. the, the Bunting <laughs> when a full count. It, it <laughs> a man on third with less than two outs. That coach eventually got the World Series, and no one's I'd ever going to talk t- about that again. Probably change pictures a little too. Yeah.
0: Little, the... Well, hey, I understand all that, but, you know... I remember I go back to the Buffalo game too. So we're we get to two-two in the first, the lines are blown up. We outshoot them. I don't know what it was, thirty-five to twenty-one or something. And McDavid and Drysyle playing together, great. No goals, nothing. They they don't have chemistry. I mean, if you don't practice together, I, I don't understand the logic of just throwing people out when you haven't gotten the, the the reps in practice
2: you know uh, for for these guys it makes no difference and uh, from experience it doesn't I can tell you if if we went did a poll right now on 630 Chad said who thinks that Jordan Everley should be on Connor Mcdavid's right wing next game I have a feeling that it would be a large amount saying no I oh,
0: yeah. honestly I at this point, I agree with that. Too. So, I so that's that's. That, I I know I, I agree with that. That's fine. That, but you do that. You know, do that in practice too. And this goes back to what you were saying about, um, giving uh, Benning a test run in a in a key situation or whatever. Well, I mean, when we had the lead in our, you know, five maybe five of our seven wins, he benched Pulleyrv in the third period, right? Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yep. You don't yep. put the rookie out there with 2 minutes to go in a 3-3 game. You just don't do
2: that. Well, the, well, the difference in that those Philly wasn't playing well when he, he had terrible puck management and that's why Benning and Nurse had played well. So I mean there's a the difference there. I understand I've, I've I've seen lots of different situations where the coach won't put young players out at the end of the game, but uh, to me that it wasn't as impactful is other decisions yeah. tonight, but
0: no, you're making and you're, I don't want to I don't want to just you know kill McClellan here. I, uh, he's a very good coach. I just you know,
1: coaches like players, they can have slumps. and yeah, no, you're making like you
0: guys said. I didn't like news out there for that face off either.
1: yeah, well, you're making Go good ahead. points, dan. and and look, if you lose,
2: then you you gotta question stuff
1: right, because uh, something didn't work
2: and and, and uh, Nick Holden would I would think would be a third pairing defenseman for the the New York Rangers, would you not think? I mean, ice time, he's right at the bottom. He was on the ice. He's probably on their second pair, yeah. He he was on the ice at the end when they scored the Yeah, He had a good game, I thought. Yeah, Holds not bad. I've
1: seen him play well in the past, too. Dan, we're going to finish the play with you, okay, buddy? So I'm going to put you on hold so you can hear the audio. If you're right here, you can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience, integrity, Here's a little snippet from the game. Chris Russell reverses to Sekra. Grabner fell down, allowing Sekra the requisite space to get it to Lucci. Center ice McDavid down the middle. All right, your choice there. Does McDavid pass or shoot? Uh, okay, let's find out. Chris Russell reverses to Sekra. Grabner fell down, allowing Sekra the requisite space to get it to Lucci. Center ice McDavid down the middle. Beautiful dish. Everly wrung it off the post. All right. Yeah, good call, Dan. You are in the grand prize draw. That was a good Oilers chance in the first period. Jordan Everly flipping it off the post. That was a few minutes after Jesse Pugliarve had a breakaway chance that would have put the Oilers up 2-0 at the time, and then the Rangers scored shortly after that. They came from behind three times, eventually got the winner from Rick Nash with a minute 21 to go and 5-3 the Rangers take it. Certainly a lot of talk about uh, coaching decision line combinations. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. right, we have Jensen on the line as well. 780-496-0063. Hey Jensen. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. I was just
4: wondering, uh, last year how long did Hall play with Pick David before he got
1: moved off? I believe it was two
2: games, so I think it was pretty quick. So
5: why is uh, Lucci getting
2: such a long leash with him? Well, and here's the same thing. I, I Someone asked the other day about Eberle that I posed to that caller. Who would you have there? I mean, the Oilers, and, and this is earlier in preseason, the Oilers were talking about, and, and the fans were talking about the three centermen, and, and my the, my problem or what I saw would be a problem for the Oilers with three centermen is so I don't think the Oilers have enough depth on their wing to play with three creative or offensively gifted centermen. I just don't. I, I think you got guys playing uh, a Cassian or or a Maroon or or whoever you want that are not offensive wingers. And They're, they're big, strong and I can understand they're trying to make three even lines. But you're going to have dry spells because you've got play. Like, for example, Drysettle's playing with Maroon and Puliyarvi. I mean, Pooley-Arvey is getting better, but he's not a, an NHL goal scorer yet. And Maroon, he's got three on the season, but he's never been a goal scorer in the National Hockey League level, other than a nice little stint he had with McDavid last year. And now you're asking Drysettle to make those guys goal scorers. So uh, I do believe that the lines will be changed for Saturday's game. I think that. Some players are being stifled. I, I, I think uh, McDavid, uh, he's creating opportunities that aren't being finished. I think Drysaitel tonight created opportunities that weren't being finished. So they're going to have to try and rejig the line somehow, for to to allow the offensive players to have success. But it's. I mean, to me, if I would do it right now, I mean, th- throw, throw Lucic with Drysidle. I think Absolutely. they're very, I think they're very that. similar Absolutely. in the way they play. They're big bodies that like to work the puck down below the goal line. They can play off each other. It takes the the stress off of a Lucic having to go 20 miles an hour faster than he's capable of going, playing with a McDavid. But you still have to find someone that can play on Connor McDavid's line. And Jensen, I would I would
1: say this: I don't think that they have fulfilled. One of the goals that Peter Shirelli had, well, still has, of, uh, of if, if I can speak for him, I guess, of, of scoring more goals off the forecheck. Most of their goals are still coming off the rush. Now, tonight, they got a power play goal, which was good. They needed that, mm-hmm. and then Lucic did a good job to keep the puck alive, and then they got it to the net. Uh, the maroon goal was clearly off a rush because it was a two-on-one after the Rangers turned it over. And then Larson's goal was off a of face-off, which is still a positive because the Oilers didn't score a lot of goals off face-offs last year, and I think they have three directly this year already. So that's still good, but having said that, I don't think they're still scoring a lot of turn the puck over, grind away, and, you know, full back the puck into the net. You know what I mean? I still think they need more of those, and that's why I wonder if Lucic and Dreisaitl could be a good pairing. All right thanks Jensen. seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three The oilers do lose five three to the Rangers. the three stars according to the game sheet selected by attending media <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, if, you, if you you actually you guys can look at this off the NHL website. You can look at the official game summary and in the bottom right corner it tells you who picked the three stars. Usually, it has the specific person or the station that picked it right like if Bob and Jack pick it they 'll put. Cheddar, the Oilers Radio Network. Tonight it just says the attending media. I guess everybody got together and voted. Yep, they pulled them. It was a a big vote. Uh, Kevin Hayes, Michael Grabner, and J.T. Miller, who are all excellent for the Rangers. Our fourth star of the game is presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. We always pick an Oiler. They're all eligible since none of them were the three stars tonight.
2: I'm going to go with Patty, Patty Maroon. He scored the goal tonight. Uh, a Nice nice hands going from one side of the net for the other on a nice feed by Billy Arvey. And he also had three hits, which led the Oilers tonight in hits. So uh, Patty Maroon, I thought, uh, played a, a, a good game. And they certainly need him going if they want to continue staying at the top of the Western Division standings. All right. Colin,
1: Jonathan, and Wade are up next on the open line. We'll also go back to Madison Square Garden for post-game reaction. The Oilers get scored on late and lose 5-3 to the Rangers. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre.
2: Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.
1: A quick shot by Lucic, and that was blocked. And perhaps McDavid might have created something else there. Three on two for the Rangers the other way. Quick shot, same time. What a sprawling left skate save on the rebound. And the Rangers have to give chase the other way. Well, even though Talbot was beaten four times tonight, he did make some big saves. That's his save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. The Rangers also get an empty netter to beat the Oilers 5-3. If you miss this one, the Oilers had leads of 1-0, 2-1, and 3-2. None of them lasted very long. And then Rick Nash gets the winner at eighteen thirty-nine. Of the third period, J.T. Miller got an empty net goal, bank shot from his own end 17 seconds later to round out the scoring. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We have Colin on the open line. Hey, Colin. Hey, guys.
6: How's it going? We're doing great. I wanted to talk a little bit about Lou I know the caller ahead of me has talked about a little bit already, so I don't want to really double up on anything he said. But I've noticed a couple times, and I want to bring up the play that Nash scored on specifically tonight. Lucic, he kind of looks like a rookie sometimes in that he gives up on the play too early. And I think the Nash goal specifically, he was about five feet away from him. And he threw his head up and his stick up before Nash had even scored. It was basically as soon as Nash got possession, he just gave up on the play. I've noticed it a couple times, and uh, even in the offensive zone, McDavid will throw a pass to him. And he'll miss the pass and throw his head up, and he won't even try to back check after. It just drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't know if if you guys have noticed that, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. But
1: I I, I haven't noticed in any of the any of the body language that ex, that explicitly. I, I did know I I said to Rob a split second before Nash scored. Uh oh. Uh, Lucic missed his man. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. He missed his man. I, I Look, I, Lucic is going to have his play picked apart because of the signing and because he's, he's, he's signed long-term. Um, I wouldn't say tonight was one of his best games. You know, you look back to the St. Louis game, he might have been the best player on the ice. He played well against Washington. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, Colin. Like, I, I didn't notice any – I haven't seen him where I thought he's giving up on plays. I, I, but I think no. I would have liked if he played a little better tonight, sure.
2: Yeah, there's a number of players that could have. The the, the problem for, for Lucic and, and for Everly f- for that matter, when you play with a Connor McDavid, you are under a huge microscope because of how good McDavid is, the expectations of that line. If Everly was to miss the opportunities that he had and he was on the third line, you wouldn't talk about it. But when he's missing him playing with McDavid, it's that much it's that much more noticeable. You have to produce when you're on the first or second line. You just have to. Those are the guys that are getting the ice time. They're getting the power play minutes. They're playing in the important situations. The team is relying on them to score. So it's much more noticeable for a Lucic or an Eberle right now because that line isn't producing at what it could be and probably what it should be.
1: Uh, Mark says on the text line, Eberle is the largest defensive liability on the Oilers. He's too soft and weak on the puck. He's taking over where Taylor Hall left off when it comes to turnovers. Uh, who was the Oiler that turned over the puck in overtime against the Leafs? Eberle. Uh, Mark, you're welcome to criticize Everly's play. He did not turn the puck over in overtime. The <laughs> Oilers <laughs> lost the face-off and, and they never Never had never, the puck. And never, and never got it back. Uh, this texter says Dreisaitl has looked tired at times already. Tonight was still trying to play one-on-three like Junior and not getting pucks deep. I haven't been impressed with him this year. Looks like he won't be the player we drafted him to be. Do you see the same thing, or am I missing something? Question there about Dry I
2: I, I think there's been games where he has, A, looks tired, yes. I, I don't think his line mates are suited for him as well as other players could be suited for him. Um, I do believe he will be the player that the Oilers expect him to be. I think his upside is huge. Um, was he great tonight? No, but I... I, I, I'd, I'd like to see him with Lucic. I'd like to see him playing a down-low game. And right now, with Puli on the, the right side, Puli I mean, we laugh. Every time he gets the puck from our blue line in, you know he's going to shoot. Doesn't matter where he is on the ice. He shot three times, I think, from the blue line today. Mm-hmm. He loves to shoot. So Dreisaitl isn't getting the puck in situations that he normally would if he was playing with someone different. So uh, Dreisaitl was not... He was okay tonight. He wasn't great. He wasn't awful. But they do need more out of dry settle. If, the, if you're on the one, top two lines, you need to produce for this team to win. And there's a number of those players right now that
1: aren't. 5-3 Rangers take it. Jonathan is on the phone line. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, guys.
7: Um, uh, just to, I got three quick points here. Uh, first off, get it out of the zone. Uh, Rob, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you've got to get that puck out of the zone. Because then that forces New York to, to go back into the neutral zone and, and regroup. Second point is, um, I loved the 3 one one check tonight. Uh, the third period, they were, you know, Nurse was hauling it up into the offensive zone, and he was getting great puck support and, and generating some chances for them. Uh, my third thing is on the Toronto game. Uh, a co-worker and I were discussing this and uh, I had mentioned to him, he's a Boston fan, by the way, uh, I had mentioned to him that Nazem Kadri owned Connor McDavid. He was in his back pocket all night long, um, you know, scored against his line. Um, and I said, what do we do about this guy? We've got to take care of guys like this. He says, go back to old school hockey. You take a big guy like Lucic or Maroon or Zach Cassian and you pound right between Kadri and, and McDavid. You create the space. I thought that's why we got bigger, was to create space for our, our superstars. I said, but then that means we're going to get a penalty for interference for the pick. He says, so what?
2: Okay, but so what? But I, I, the, the thing in the National Hockey League nowadays, there's, there is an intimidation. There's not. In the old days, if someone did something to Gretzky, or if someone did something even further along to Doug Waite, you would go out and you would grab the guy and you'd beat him to a pulp. And the guy that did it would get a five-minute major, uh, and the other guy that didn't fight back would probably get two minutes, and that would be the end of it. The players are protected better now. You do not see that kind of hockey anymore. Uh, so there's there's no intimidation. That's why you have a lot of smaller. What do they call them? Rats that run around because they know they can nowadays. Okay, but then Rob, why sign? Why sign? Physicality. You, well, you, not to go out there and run Kadri when he's playing no, like, hard the, hockey. But, but you got to be physical.
1: But I still think that's a form of intimidation. If you know that if you're if you well, know every time this guy is going to body check me, if you know I deliver a hit, that I'm going to get th- one back twice as hard. Do you for think? This guy.
2: Yeah. Do you, so you think Kadri would stop? Going after Connor McDavid, skating beside him. If if Lucic hit him,
1: no,
7: no, I don't you, think he would. But, but I think a I think a bigger player uh, would be able to to run interference. And I mean, if 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 Kadri is is back checking on McDavid, yeah, and you get somebody like Lucic coming up and and laying him out, putting him on his butt. Then
2: Toronto um, goes out I and scores a power play like goal. Over
7: shoulder a lot more.
2: No, I, I don't. I disagree. And the fact, first of all, Lucic's not going to. If Connor McDavid is skating and Kadri's back checking, Lucic isn't going to catch either one of them for one, because he can't keep up speed wise to a Connor McDavid. You, yeah, going out and taking a dumb penalty is not what you need to do. What you do is when Nylander or Matthews is on the ice, then you're physical on their players, and you tell them every time. You know what? Every time McDavid gets hit, I'm going to run you. And that's the way you have to play. But what Cadre did, he did nothing wrong. I mean, he he, he, no, he, no. he didn't. There was no spearing. There's no kicking. There's no cross checking to the head. He simply played him strong. And yeah, he, he was he
7: was right in his back pocket.
2: And, and every every good player that plays in the National Hockey League play gets that against them. The Sedin's every time they step on the ice. That's the exact way you play against them. I'm sure that when Matthews or or Nylander go and play against certain teams, they do that to those players. Yeah, I mean, you just have to play through it. If someone does something stupid, you take care of him. But if, if Caudry's skating beside McDavid or talking to him, the way that you get back at him is you score when Caudry's on the ice. You don't go run him and take a penalty. Now Toronto A gets a power play. If they score, now they're going to laugh as McDavid skates back to the bench and says, look, I'm going to come after you again because I want another power play goal. alright
1: nine six zero zero six three. Rangers beat the Oilers 5-3. We have Wade on the line as well. Hey, Wade.
3: Hey, how
1: you going? Good. Yeah,
3: go ahead, Wade. Wanted, well, I just want to make a little statement, not that any other coaches out there ever notice it, but there was two plays, and they were talking about getting free shots away the night before the uh, against Toronto where the defense was not getting a puck out. And tonight we had one defense to pull the puck all the way in back on the left side and didn't have an opening pass. Goes to pass it out to get it out of our end and our defense, our winger is on the offensive side of the their defenseman. So their defensive picks it up. Walks in, and takes a shot. You know, those there's a lot of mistakes out there, but there are a lot of preventable mistakes. Yeah. Even the last goal, I think that where Nash was down in front of the net. You know, I don't remember even seeing a defenseman there. I thought I seen uh, Lucic the only one in front of the net. And he was just getting
1: there. Yeah, well, Benning and Nurse had, Rob and I were kind of, we're trying to watch that. It looked like Benning and Nurse had, had picked up other guys, and then Lucic wound up paired up with Nash going down low and and just didn't get there. But you're right about preventable mistakes, and I think you make a good point. You know, Winger's not coming back low enough to, to get passes, and, and I think those were things they did a little better in other games uh, this season, if you want to look at some, some of the wins they had on that winning streak, and some of those details weren't there tonight, and most of the most of the goals against tonight were were self inflicted wounds by the Oilers. And mean, you're you, right.
3: And don't... then, and you know that other part is, you know that could be related to the fact that, um, you know he was running uh, McDavid's line and Drysdale's line. He did see Cassian out there for the longest time. Um, you know, and you need those guys to wear like, a Cassian. I don't know who his centerman is to wear out. You know their their defenseman and get the puck in it and create that third-line checking, and that wasn't there. And you definitely missed uh, Hendricks out there, that's for sure. <laughs> but anyway, that's my point, and I just want to say hey, thanks a lot for having the show, guys.
1: Yep, yeah, Good to hear from you, Wade. We appreciate it. Rangers over the Oilers 5-3. We'll keep rolling with the phone calls here. We have Mike from Ottawa on the line. Hey, Mike.
4: How's it going, guys? Doing well. Good. Just want to say, you know, it's, uh, it was pretty of a frustrating game. I mean, I was so pumped, you know, two minutes, two and a half, whatever to go, and tied 3-3, and kept having the lead, and to lose is 5-3, it doesn't, I think, reflect overall how the game went. But, I mean, we're first in the West. We're thir- tied for third overall in the league. Conor McDavid is tied for first in points overall in the league. All is not lost right now, and I think we learned a few lessons. And uh, I want to say for Talbot, I mean, man, that guy's pad, I don't know how quick he is, but uh, he made some amazing stops today with his pad just kicking those out almost predicting what was going to happen before it happened. He, he's on top of his game, and I don't think that he had a bad game. And also, I, I want to say that um, my second point, uh, Darnell Nurse this year, I noticed that um, he's had a bit more confidence in terms of uh, skating out uh, the puck and getting into the offensive zone and um, really kind of being a bit more aggressive uh, offensively and um, trying to get some points. Um, what do you guys think about that?
2: I, I, I agree. I think Darnell's playing smarter. I think that the beginning of last year in his stints that he was up, he, he he was a little out of control. He wanted to do too much. He wanted to impress too much, whether it was through physicality, rushing the puck, moving the puck. And I think he's more, uh, has a better understanding of the game now. He knows when he can jump up now. He knows when he can be physical. He also now knows when he has to back off. And he talked about it before the game. Can't remember if it was Jack or Bob. One of them interviewed him, and he says he just understands it now. And he... he he does look more confident, because now he understands the game better, so now he's more confident in his game. And I thought I thought he's played very, very well as of late, and he seems to be getting better. So, I mean, that's a, a good sign for the Edmonton Oilers. If he's getting better, and now I know that uh, there was some criticism with Benning, if, if and when Davidson comes back, he comes back in the lineup, and all of a sudden, if you have a Nurse Davidson... Is your third pairing, and nothing against Benning because I think he's been alright and he will be an Oiler long term, but Davidson's ahead of him right now, so if that's your third pairing, a Nurse-Davidson pairing that is a pretty strong six strongest six that the Oilers have had in a long, long time.
1: Alright Mike, thanks for the call, if you're on hold, stay there, we will get to you, the Oilers suffer a 5-3 loss in New York to the Rangers tonight, this is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre.
2: This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on
1: Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Along with Rob Brown as well, the Oilers now 7-3-1 and on the season. 0-1-1, two games into their five-game road trip. They lose tonight 5-3 to the New York Rangers. The Oilers goal scorers, Nugent Hopkins gets his first of the year. Maroon his third, and then Larson his first as an Oiler. But Rick Nash gets the the winner at 18:39 of the third. The Rangers also added an empty netter. We have Dick on line four. Hi, Dick.
5: Hi. Uh, I think we need to get uh, Lou Cheech and put him on the third line. That guy's so bad he gives me gas.
1: Okay. Well, hopefully you were alone then when you were watching the game. Uh, so you you put him with dry saddle, you put him with Nuge. What line do you see him on then for the other two guys? Oh, he's already gone. He just wanted to tell us he has gas. Okay. Alrighty then. We have Curtis on the phone as well. Hey Curtis, I hope your gas situation is alright.
7: Uh, I'm not sure how to <laughs> answer that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, quick comment, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I think that people are maybe a little bit overly concerned about where we're at. I mean, realistically we've got to grade the team based on the bell curve this year. We've had a ton of turnover. Uh, marginal improvement. Well, CBS we can improve it from last year. But we're still learning our own identity as a team. And I think that As the the year goes on and we see the same teams that we've lost to lately, I think you'll see an entirely different response from the team as a whole. Uh, And also, I don't think we can ever underestimate the competitiveness in that room. Not to mention when some of those guys come back who are hurt, I think that the whole dynamic of the team will change as well. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks, Curtis. Well, I, I mean, I think Rob already, I don't know if you heard it, Curtis, but Rob alluded to, you know, Brandon Davidson, especially in a third pairing role. Uh, solidifying things and giving them some more depth because ideally Matthew Benning's playing in the AHL and probably one of the top three defensemen for the Condors and getting tons of experience. I think when Matt Hendricks is healthy, uh, now nothing, now Pitlick's been playing great and Lander helps on faceoffs, but you'd put Hendricks on your fourth line wing just because of his experience, his toughness, and his not not that there's anything wrong with the Oilers penalty kill, but but his penalty killing acumen.
2: Uh, and to, to me, it. I mean, there's some negative uh, energy out here tonight with with the Oilers. Before the season started, I, I said I didn't believe the Oilers were a playoff team. I just didn't think they could make that big a jump that quickly. And to me, they've exceeded expectations. And there's going to be bumps in the road. So uh, I, 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 there's going to be mistakes made. Players aren't going to have these point streaks that go on forever. There's going to be you know, stretches where they're not as good as they were in other games. And that's because it's a team that is still going from a... Uh, this is a 10 year build where they've been 10 years without the playoffs and now all of a sudden they've made a couple moves they are better they're going to get better but to me the the, the sky isn't falling because they lost to New York tonight 5-3 because a a, a rookie was out on the ice and they didn't they, they turned the puck over too much they're they're going to have games like that cuz they're still not an elite hockey team yet despite what their record was despite where they are in the standings they they i think they they may have over exceeded a lot of people's expectations and now we're, we're believing that that's where they're going to be throughout the year uh, this is a team that I believe with some of the teams like in LA not having a goalie, not having Jonathan Quick, that you, maybe the playoffs are uh, a, a, a chance Maybe you do, but you, you can't get so caught up that if they go to New York and they lose well all of a sudden you got to change everything because they're not near as good as they were 3-4 games ago, this team still has a lot of learning to do
1: Other action tonight before we go back to the phones. Chicago leading Colorado 4-0 in the third. Dallas up on St. Louis 4-1 in the third. No score early Penguins and Kings. Same situation for the Flames and the Sharks. Predators and Arizona 1-1 after 1. The Leafs win 2-1 in Buffalo. The Flyers edge the Islanders 3-2 in a shootout. Jets over the Capitals, 4-3 in overtime. Nope, 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 Capitals over the Jets. What did I say?
2: You said the opposite. I know Oveskin so, so wasn't trained to the Jets.
1: So I was thinking of the, the, the Jets came from behind. Yes, thank they you did. For, thank you for, I was getting ahead of myself. Capitals were up 3 nothing. Jets tied at Capitals 1. Thank you, Rob. Senators beat the Canucks 1-zip. Condon, 27 saves. And Canucks in trouble, 4-6-1 and one now. And the Bruins beat the Lightning 4-3 in a shootout. And in overtime, the Panthers over the Devils 4-3. Harry is on the line. Hey, Harry. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, Just a couple of comments.
5: Um, Have you guys noticed over the past couple of games when uh, the opposing teams are playing McDavid, I find that one of the ways that they're really neutralizing is just getting right up into his face. Like, there was one play today where he came in and the defender just went right up and put him down on the ice and that's just one thing I noticed about our team in our defending end if you look at the Oilers when another team crosses the blue line all that we're doing is sticking our stick forward and back pedaling and essentially if a team comes in with too much speed they just skate right around our players I don't know at what point this team stopped playing the man the way they should we play like a small team in our own zone. We look so disorganized. You take a look at the New York Rangers in this game today and it's got Bookaboom all over it. You know, and that's the way we used to play when we'd go to the playoffs and we had Bookaboom in our back end. You knew you crossed the line before you were in the back. He's just gonna lay you right out. That was one comment I wanted to make. Um
1: you got thirty seconds, and, Harry.
5: Okay. And then um well, I'll just I'll just go with that. I'm just like hear your guys' input on it.
2: Well, the way players play against McDavid, you have to be physical on him. You can't give him time and space. If you do, he's going to beat you. And the whole NHL knows that. So they try to uh, take away that space as soon as they can. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, well, now he's got easy access and he's got a breakaway or a two-on-one. We've seen that. The others do have to be physical at the blue lines. They can't give easy access to their own zone. At times they do. I think Larson has been very good and physical when he's had a chance. Nurse is doing that as well. Uh, but you are right. The, if you defend your line, if you force teams to to make a play just outside the blue line, you will have more success.
1: All right. The Oilers fall tonight 5-3 to the New York Rangers. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630chett.com. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 9. We'll talk some Oilers. We'll talk a little uh, Eskimos as they get ready for the Argos on Saturday. And here's what's happening on Chet on Saturday. We start at 12.30 with the pregame show for the Eskimos and the Argos. The kickoff is at 2. After the game, we'll go right into our play-by-play of the Oilers and the Islanders. That starts at 5, and then Rob and I will have overtime open line after that. So it's going to be fun on Saturday. Our studio producer this evening, Matthew Panaschik. Rob Brown, all the best,
2: buddy. I'll see you this weekend. Yeah, good. to have a lot of time together, you and I, this weekend.
1: My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. Uh, if, uh, if we didn't get to you, call me tomorrow on Inside Sports or text me tomorrow and we'll talk. Thanks for listening. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line has come to you from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Centre.